Welcome to the Tim Biscuit Podcast. Before we get on with today's podcast, I just want to say a massive thanks and give a massive shout out to our sponsors that are RoomSilk.com, they're a bird care company, and Tenga.co.uk, they're a sex toy company. With both these companies, you can get 10% off your orders by using the code TINBISCUIT at checkout, capital T, capital B. Use that, use that at checkout to receive 10% off your first orders. So we've got a guest today, and her name is Louise. I won't pronounce your second name, because I don't think I could pronounce your second name. <laughs> You're not the only one. So if you want to introduce yourself. Uh, yes, um, it's Louise A. Kester. Um, A. Kester. yes. Nobody right. ever says it right. <laughs> <laughs> so, go sorry, go on. I was just, just going to say I'm the, I'm the carer that was... Um, who lost a job after 14 years, you know, for not wanting this vaccine. What? It's crazy that they've did that and now they've sort of reversed it for the NHS. Um, we'll go back to the beginning. Um, okay. What did you think when you first heard about this? I didn't really um, believe it would have ever gone as far as what it did. You know, I think... Um, all of us staff was quite shocked by it. You know, it just seemed such a a brutal thing to do, especially in um, an industry where they're struggling so much for staff anyway, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just didn't think it, it would have happened. It wouldn't have gone ahead. And then obviously as time progressed and pressure mounted on everybody, um, I think reality started to sink in a little bit and, um, that's when a lot of them gave in under the pressures and either had the vaccine against the will just for the sake of saving their job or they left and found work elsewhere where it wasn't needed. So I, I was just about to ask, was it only you in um, your care home that refused the vaccines? I was the only one that went all the way with it, yes. And what did like your work friends say what did management say about it um well at first all my work friends well and, and the management i don't even think they believed it would have gone ahead um then when it did i mean they all understood where i was coming from and most of them was you know everybody was thinking the same as me majority of the staff they didn't want these vaccines um you know there was all saying the same as me it's you know it's still in trials uh you know why would we want to accept a, a you know a trial vaccination you know um surely they can't force that on anyone you know i don't want it i'm not having it um and then obviously as, as time went on and it, it became the reality and if you're not having it you do you are going to lose your job and that's when everybody you know had it but against their will and a couple of them was you know really cross and upset about having to have it for the sake of keeping their jobs but they did and and my manager she was begging me to rethink my decision because um she didn't want me to go she didn't you know want me to leave she was singing me all the praise you know that I was one of the best staff members there and um yeah it was that final day was a really sad emotional day because Everybody, you know, was was supportive of me. Everybody um, said, well done, basically, for standing your ground, you know, and standing up for what you believe in. And um, there was just hoping that 
there would have been a U-turn. Um, we was hoping it would have come into place before, you know, the, it went ahead in the first place. So it could have saved my job, but obviously it, it happened too late for me. And have they got back to you about maybe offering your job back any compensation or have you heard of anything what's going to happen to the people who took the vaccine under duress and people like you who didn't want the vaccine um have you heard anything what sort of I could happen i haven't heard a thing from them um which that's quite upsetting in itself you know because we all seem so close the management was you know very much um on my side and she was crying on my final day, you know, crying tears with me. Um, yeah. And she was the one that told me not to be a stranger and, and come in and visit. Um, and I did try to go and visit because it was one of the residents' birthdays. So I, I turned up with a birthday gift for her. Um, and then when I got there, they said that I just had to pass the gift through the door and they, and they won't let me in to see her, you know. And did they give an excuse for, like, the reason why? And how did that make you feel with, like, working for these people, being so supportive until the end, then for you to go back and see a resident that obviously you know well, they know you and the staff know you, you know the staff, but then to just sort of, like, treat you like that? Yeah, no, it was awful. It was awful, it really was. That was just, like, you know, another kick in the teeth. It was just... Um, <clears throat> I mean, the staff weren't too bad. It, they were saying it's it's ridiculous, you know. Um, but it's it's the powers above, you know. People up in, uh, higher up in management, I think, have obviously told them that I'm not to be allowed back into the building. Um, but it really hurt, you know. And the lady that I was taking the gifts to, <clears throat> I had to talk to her through the the glass window and. Mm. and and she was getting emotional and upset, and, and I was, and it, it was awful. You know, it really was awful. You start to, I think I, I, I saw it from a family member's point of view because they was all that's all the access that they could have to their loved ones at, at one point. You know, was through the windows and uh, in the visiting pod where you've got a, you know a glass panel between you, and they couldn't getting to hold the loved ones, to hug them, to comfort them, to anything. It was a horrible, horrible feeling. So it must have been, obviously, a lot, lot worse for the family members to have to go through. But, yeah, I had a had a real sense of, you know, I could relate to what they've been having to face throughout yeah. all of this as well. Because I'm like guessing in general you'd get attached to all the... Oh um, my God. Sort of, yeah. sort of the residents there, which sort of links into another question that, why did you become a carer in them, like the first place? Because like, to be something like that, you've got to be having a caring nature, I would have guessed, because yeah. I, it's, some, it's something I couldn't do. Yeah. Because I've got the patience and I'm very, very squeamish about things, so you have to be some <laughs> sort of special person. Yeah. So, which leads on, I mean, would you ever go back to caring or is that it? But why did you get I, into caring in the first place? Well, in the first place, I actually got um, I got a job in a care home just as a kitchen assistant, uh, just a kitchen job at first. And um, I just, I don't know, I think I, I seemed to take to it very sort of quickly and got on very well with everybody. And I think my 
my bosses sort of picked up on it and were saying, oh, you're an actual with these, you know, you should consider doing a care job. And I was, oh, yeah, you know, maybe, maybe. I was thinking, oh, well, would I be able to do it? You know, could, could I? And they gave me a chance and I had a go and, and I just never looked back since, you know, and that was 14 years ago. Probably That's some good time. Years. 14 yeah. to 15 years time in general to keep a job uh, down that long you've got to be pretty persistent or pretty sorry just happy in your job. Well, carry on sorry <laughs> yeah so um i was gonna say well i've um you have to be pretty happy in that sort of job to stay 14 years because i'm guessing it's very stressful and i think oh. when you come attached it's it's emotionally hard on you because like most people have seen the video that you posted that went viral. Yeah, yeah. About it. And did the media call you from that, or did you contact the media? Um, no, they contacted me after I posted that video. I had tried to contact um, my local newspaper. Um, Whole Daily be- Live. Yes. <laughs> before they got you know, hold of that, well, before I did that video, before it was, um, before I lost my job, and I tried to reach out to them to see, if, you know, if they would cover a story to try and just put my side of it out there, and um, I'm not sure what I thought I could achieve by it, but I thought, it, you know, it just felt so, it just felt so wrong what what was happening to not just me but so many other carers as well and I thought you know this isn't right somebody needs to speak out about this and say something and and I did try but um I think they did do a little piece but it wasn't you know anything major and I got I got some nasty abuse from some people from it and stuff and then once I did do that TikTok video and my shift I did, you know, finish working there, and then my phone just didn't stop. It was the it was the guy from um, Hull Live who said that um, they wanted to obviously now run a, another story on me, and then he got back in touch with me saying that you know the story's just it's just blown up. Loads of people want to use it, and um, loads of people have um, contacted him wanting my contact details and would I be happy for him to pass them on so I thought yeah I will I, I, you know I've absolutely nothing to lose now it's, it's already gone as far as it could for me I've already lost my job and I just thought it's just all so wrong I just want to get my voice out there and I want other people to hear me who you know are in the same sort of situation as me and so that they can feel you know they're not alone there's so many of us and it just went from there. It just escalated. I mean, my phone never stopped. Um, so many of them contacting me. And then, you know, obviously, the more I was put out there, whether it was on the TV or in newspapers and on social media and such, the more I was obviously getting feedback from the public. And for all, there were some nasty, horrible comments. On the general hurl and grander scale of things, more people were supportive of me than there was against me. And it was just real refreshing. It was real reassuring, you know, because you thought it, it was a nice feeling. You mentioned the nasty, the nasty abuse. Um, mm-hmm. 
obviously I've stopped now. I'm trying to stop to um, reacting to comments off because the Daily Mirror is really bad. That's one of the worst. But mm. like, so the, even in whole daily live or like whatever it's called, um, yeah, I noticed the comments and they were really personal and they were re- really hate like hateful. How did you cope like with that? And did you get any personal messages from people? On, on your social medias that, yeah, that you didn't know? I've been, oh yeah, they'd all come from strangers, you know, and I've been called a murderer, I've, <laughs> I've been called a oh, selfish whatever, I've, I've, I've had a lot, quite a lot of it, but it, it kind of, the, the, the nicer comments sort of balanced it more out and outweighed the thing of that for me, because there was a lot more support than there was, you know, somebody against me. And I just, sometimes you do click on some of them when you're reading some and, and, and you think, oh, you know, you just want to bite <laughs> back and say something. <laughs> like, but... so, so you got more support than negativity? Definitely. Because the media didn't portray that? No, I know they didn't. <laughs> so, and it's very clever how, like, the media work in sort of, that yes. respect and how the paraphrase like uh, the things you say in it like an interview did they ever get anything wrong or try and make it, you look bad i mean it was more the whole labeled as an anti-vaxxer um I'm not and are you an anti-vaxxer no i've had loads of vaccinations in my past in my you know serve my children did you have to have any vaccines to become a carer? Like sometimes you might have to in the NHS. No, no, right. absolutely okay. nothing is needed to be a carer. Not even the flu jab. You're not required to have any. Um, so this was the first time it's ever, you know, happened in that sector. Um, I, I know with the NHS, obviously that's different. There is certain ones that they do require them to have, but not to be a carer, you don't know. So um, obviously when I mean you. Sorry, go on. Sorry. I'm just saying, when it did come about that that's what was going to happen to us, that's why, you know, we was all so shocked and, and disgusted by it. And that was something that a lot of people had picked up on in, in comments to me. You know, they were saying, um, well, you, you work in that um, sector, you have to have other vaccines to do that job. Why not this one? And you just sometimes want to scream out no i don't i don't need to have any <laughs> but you, d- you just drive yourself insane if you're trying to respond back to them all and try and I, I thought all the negative comments that i was getting they might have been worded slightly differently but there was all just the same thing that people kept saying over and over again yeah and i knew that they weren't right the things that they were saying about me i knew they weren't you know i People saying I wouldn't want you anywhere near my mum or dad um, caring for them if you was unvaccinated. Um, you'd be putting them at risk, blah, blah, blah. And I just, I found that when I, would, I did respond to a few in the beginning, I thought, I'm just repeating myself now. So I'm, yes. I'm just not, not going to bother. You're trying <laughs> to avoid. Yeah. yeah. You say you're not an anti-vaxxer. Someone would probably say to you, but why aren't you having this vaccine? And then mm-hmm. it would lead into another question. So if you can answer the, these both, that would be great. What yep. is an anti-vaxxer to you? So the first one would be, why aren't you having this vaccine if you're not an anti-vaxxer? Yeah, because this one's in trials. 
this one is still classed as the trials till at least 2023. But then even then, I don't, there's no long-term safety data, you know, no. to back up the safety of it. So I made it clear to my bosses that I wouldn't even consider taking this until it was out of its trials in 2023. I said, and then I will rethink my decision. But my chances are I probably still won't want it. And they'd asked me when would it be that I'd be feel more comfortable, you know, having it. And I said, well, I don't even think I'd consider it until it's been around at least 10 years. Um, and I, I think it needs tweaking. I think, you know, I've looked into this a lot and all the adverse reactions that people are having. And, um, you know, that there's so many things being reported that aren't getting covered in the mainstream media and it's not getting out there to the public. And I just think if they knew more of the truth and if we all knew the real figures and and if the press wasn't so one-sided, you know, then it, it would probably change people's minds about it as well. Yeah. What to you is an anti-vaxxer? Well, somebody who doesn't agree with having vaccines or doesn't want them, you know. Um, well, that was my first initial take on it, that someone was against all the vaccines, but now it's come to even if you question uh, this vaccine, you're an anti-vaxxer or a conspiracy theorist, and it's I've like... called that as well, yeah. <laughs> but, like, that's not an insult. <laughs> the, no. And it's not... I mean, all these conspiracy theories seem to be coming true a lot, don't they, so... <laughs> Yeah, what do you think COVID is? I just think it's a bad flu. I just, I don't think it's any worse than the flu. I really don't. Um, when we have it in the home, they, every year in a winter period in a care home, you know, you, sadly, you lose a percentage of your residents there. Hmm. They are elderly, they are vulnerable, and winter bugs do kill them. And it was just the same as any other winter. You know, it wasn't, we didn't have a massive outbreak and it, and it wiped them all out um, because the majority of them recovered from it. So to me, it wasn't as deadly as what they, I know it was for some people, but so is the flu. Um, mm-hmm. And it wasn't as um, as scary as what everybody, well, sorry, what the mainstream media was perceiving it to be. Um, the home that I worked in also uh, it's directly opposite a uh, hospital and even all of us staff would comment regularly on how quiet it was everywhere you know through lockdown mm. and the saying about the hospitals being overrun and, and being so busy and, and ambulance call times taking a lot you know longer to get to people and because they was just so overwhelmed by, you know, COVID cases. But we were like, well, there doesn't seem to be a lot of traffic of ambulances coming in and out of the hospital across the road, you know, and it's, uh, it just didn't all seem as bad as it was, it was made out to be. But as I said, in the beginning at first, when, you know, we didn't know what it was, I, I was petrified. I'll admit I was petrified. I, you know, you do worry at first. And then as the months passed, I mean, I think, was it February or March when it first came over to England? Let's say, 
think it was February, wasn't it? Um, and we didn't get it in the home until December. So, you know, we'd managed to keep COVID out of our home until the end of the year. And it wasn't until the government, I don't know if you remember, that then turned around and said about um, letting, because the hospitals were overwhelmed, there was going to be letting people back out into the community again and back out into care homes again. And when they did that and made that decision, somebody came in from the hospital, they had COVID and they spread it around the home. And it got nearly everybody. I'd say it affected about 95% of everybody in that home. And that's, you know, not just resident staff as well. Have you ever had COVID before? I've had COVID, yeah. And it it was nothing to me. Uh, I'm not saying it's not to other people, but I actually tested positive on Christmas Day. Um, Christmas, not the one just come on before, 2020. And I was working um, Christmas Eve and everybody's... We just had tested because we have to obviously have them regular. Um, and all my other ones had come back negative. I was working Christmas Eve. I was having Christmas Day off, obviously, to be with because I've got young children. And I was supposed to be back on shift on Boxing Day. And when I woke up on Christmas morning, um, and I'm, you know, opening my... Hello? I think we've lost her. We're all good this end. Oh, um. <clears throat> right then. We'll stop it here and we'll do a part two. <laughs> Sorry about that. Presents and I couldn't smell this perfume. I couldn't smell my scented candles. Um, so I thought, oh dear, you know. I think I've lost my sense of smell. I better, you know, check my taste buds. Uh, I got the um, a jar of piccalilli out the fridge and had a little bit of that. I couldn't taste it. I thought, oh, no. But I felt absolutely fine. You know, I didn't have no, no temperature. Uh, there was nothing wrong with my breathing. I didn't have a cough. I didn't, nothing. It was just my smell and taste. And I had to phone my boss obviously immediately yeah, I said you know sorry to ring you Christmas day but I've woke up I can't smell or taste anything what should I do I said I'm, obviously I'm supposed to be back at work tomorrow and she said you're gonna have to go and get uh, PCR done yeah so then I had to leave my family Christmas morning and drive to um, a test site to have this test done and then yeah it came back positive um but i only lost my smell and taste for five days and i was completely back to normal again um and the thing is everybody at our work as i say the, nearly all of us caught it nearly all of us and all the staff you know recovered but um most of the residents recovered and the way i saw it was we should all have, you know, some sort of natural immunity to it now. Um, we've all been exposed to it. Um, we was all working amongst it, you know, and, and I didn't see the point of them doing these 
these vaccines, I always thought that the antibodies should have been taken into consideration. And that was something that they never did. I think that was a, the wrong way to go about any of it. Do you wear a mask or did you wear a mask or do you still wear a mask? <laughs> I did. I did. Right. Um, yeah, I had to anyway at work. Um, but again, I didn't agree with those. I hated wearing those. Um, and it was more because you don't realise how much, especially working in care and for elderly who can be hard of hearing or people with dementia, you know, they really do actually rely on on reading your lips, reading your face, your facial expressions. It's it's a, it, it just seemed to be a big communication barrier, you know. And I didn't think I, I didn't think it was right. I hated the thought of of that and I thought surely what must it must be quite scary for these poor elderly people you know because they they didn't know what was going on they didn't understand it and they'd pick up on you know some bits that they'd see on the news and on the news everything the way it was all perceived was just so frightening um and then they're seeing all of us walk around with all this PPE on and I think you know, the poor beggars, God knows what's going through their heads. You know, I felt so sorry for them. I bet it was a scary time for them, a very scary time. It was. It really was at first. But I just think as as the time passed, um, we all just started to think and realise that, you know, I don't think the mainstream media are putting the right figures out there. And I don't think they're telling the truth about it. We don't think it's as as deadly as what they made out. And I mean, why is that? Why do you the think the government... kept moving, didn't they? All the but, time. But why I would mean, the government do something like manipulate the figures, upgrade the flu to say something that maybe COVID doesn't exist, it's just the flu that's been rebranded? Like, sort of Have mm-hmm. you got your own theory or maybe conspiracy theory? Because <laughs> just to put it out there, I'm, and like, I'm not going to get the vaccine, like this vaccine. And if, yep. like, you know, if you know this podcast, I just think there's something more to it. But yep, so you was a believer. You was an adamant believer. It terrified you. Then yep. as you was on the front line, so yep. to speak. Yeah. Well, no, not so to speak. You was. Um, you saw it for what it is. So you're in a better position than someone sat behind their key, like keyboard calling you a murderer. You wouldn't look yep. after my mother, this or that. Mm-hmm. Why do you personally think there's something going on and for what end? Because everyone would say, well, why would they do it? What's your theory? I don't think they're all corrupt. I don't think it matters whether it's Boris Johnson in charge or somebody else. I think they're all as corrupt as the next one. Um, and I'd heard, you know, you... As you're looking into these sort of things, you come across all sorts, don't you? And you hear that they've perhaps got um, shares in pharmaceutical companies and things like that. And you think, well, is it a money-making thing? Is it a depopulation thing? Is it a... You know, I don't know, but I do believe there's something more to it. I don't think it is, you know, as, as deadly as it as it was all made out to be at all. I'm and not de- denying that it exists. You know, you know, something was going around killing people, but it it wasn't doing it at the rate that they was, you know, trying to have people believe. And I just think, I don't know. I, I don't know what their end game is. I'm not sure. There's so many theories flying around. But what I do know for sure, it's definitely not legitimate. No way. No way is this 
this big, bad, scary pandemic that we was all first led to believe. No way was this some big, scary virus, you know, that we should have all lived in fear from. Um, I don't think locking anybody down did any good. Um, no. I don't think that was a wise move at all. I just think we should have just got on with things and life as as normal, like we do the flu, you know. I mean, in the beginning of this, weren't they all just saying um, it affects the elderly and the vulnerable and and that was it and the, the children didn't need to worry about in it and all this, that and the other, but then, so why now are they trying to jab children? You know, why do they want to vaccinate the kids? Why do they need to vaccinate the rest of us? Why do they push it so hard? I mean... You know, there's definitely something more insidious going on um, than we're mm-hmm. more led to believe, um, especially with what's going on around the world with Canada, uh, yes. which which got a big relation to your new um, job out, like opening. But I'll come back to that in a yes. minute. Um, so yeah, I just think it's been because like one of my main things with the masks, one of the main questions I asked people who wear masks is, do you believe it does anything? And if so, where's all the like medical waste bins? If for like exactly. wear masks, and you know yourself working in that sort of, sort of exactly. like sort of environment, there's no government video to show you how to wear a mask properly, and there's no biohazard bins or medical waste bins, nope. whatever you want to call it, in the streets or in the shops, mm-hmm. and that is a big red sign for me that it was for me yeah it was for me this is this was exactly what we were saying obviously um with within the care homes we got delivered loads more of your um clinical waste bins um for the purpose of you know disposing of our ppe um (laughs) and in the care home obviously throughout something like that we had to follow all of these new regulations or whatever that was coming into place we had to get our guidelines was coming through and sometimes they'd be changing daily you know but we did everything in our power that we could um to keep everywhere as clean and hygienic and you know followed all the infection control protocols and all the rest of it but then you'd look on the outside world and think well there's a mask on the floor there. There's a mask on the floor there. There's one swinging from a tree branch there. There's one tied to a railing over there, you know. And you think, well, there's no yellow bins around everywhere for the public, for anyone else. And so, you know, how, how, if that, if this virus was so deadly, would there not be out cleansing in the streets? Would there not be out putting extra bins around for people to use? Would they not, you know, provide more PPE than, let's say, because, I mean, in the beginning, we couldn't even get our hands on that. You know, you really struggle to get things like that. We had to rely on some donations of things from, you know, companies and, and, and such. And you think, I, it just doesn't seem, it just doesn't seem logical at all. I mean, it definitely. It makes sense. It doesn't add up. Definitely the medical waste bins. 100%. A, yeah. Um, do you think what's going on in the government now, because it's quite, in, well, not interesting really, but what's going in now? Do you like, do you think it's got something to do with COVID, the vaccines? Do you think it's all interlinked? Probably. I think, um, I, I think the only reason is 
doing this UTEC, well, no, not the only reason, but one of, I think, is to try and get people on back on side, you know, because everybody's that, well, not everybody, but a lot of people are that mad with him at the minute for the lies that he's told from having his parties, you know, for his birthday, whilst they're told they can't go and, you know, to a funeral to bury the loved one or, you know, they can't can't hug anybody and, and can't go visit anyone, you know, and you think, well, it obviously wasn't that deadly and scary then, was it? Because they was all partying and having a brilliant time. They certainly wasn't acting afraid of anything. Um, so why was they trying to scare everybody else? How does it make you feel on a personal level, seeing in that first lockdown and the second and the third lockdown, um families come in who can't see the loved ones um restrictions on how many people can go in the care home but all the time the government was lying partying having an affair with people um going places having parties in their offices cake drinks yeah like how does that make you feel after seeing what you've seen like sons can't see the mums or dads daughters exactly take it makes me so cross. It cross. It makes me so cross. I just think, you know, I feel like I'd like to kick them in the teeth like they have us, <laughs> because how dare they? You know, they have absolutely no idea what impact they have had on people in this country. No idea whatsoever. They're, you know, happy in their own little world, doing their own little thing where the rules don't apply to them. You know, as a as though they're above us all and we're just, you know, the small people, mm. you know, we don't matter. Um, and I just think it's it's disgusting. They're really, honestly, they should hang their heads in shame. I think it is disgusting. I don't and, think they could ever implement a lockdown again. <laughs> oh, gosh. I don't, to be honest, I think there's that many people in this country now who are probably realising more now Um blooming idiot Boris is and um you know not to trust him is 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 proved that he's a liar is proved that to that you know the public knows he's being found out he's being caught he's been you know doing all of these things and acting as a you know there's there's nothing wrong nothing to worry about so if it was so if it was so deadly and was so serious and was so scary they wouldn't have been partying would they no, definitely not. So. But would you go back to the care industry or would you like to find another skill to learn? <laughs> I worded that all wrong because I know that you're getting into trucking. I am, yes. I've started. Uh, You've started? I've well, no, I've signed, I'm just waiting for the licence to come back. I've, I've passed the medical. Um, Brilliant. And I'm just doing the studying for it at the moment um so i've sent my paperwork and such off i'm waiting for my um provisional one to come through and then i can start getting some practice in <laughs> what are you doing really looking... trucking it's something that uh my dad's always done it um and you know as as young kids we used to go to his truck a lot and i remember climbing around in it and you know laying out on the on the bed what it had in there and I used to think it was amazing you know really fascinated um and my partner does it and so it's in the family you know and it's always been something that many years ago I did 
think about doing, but I suppose being female, I was kind of put off, you know, you think, mm, it's a bit more of a man's job. I probably wouldn't get a job, you know, through it. And then obviously when I fell into the care work, I just sort of never looked back from there. But now that this happened, I, I believe everything does happen for a reason. And I saw the this advert that was for this training and I thought maybe I've seen that advert for a reason. And I thought, you know what, I've got nothing to lose now, so sod it, I'm going to give it a go. Um, and there, does, there isn't as much of a, a stigma about, you know, female lorry drivers out there now. There is a lot more. Um, so I thought, yeah, why not? I've got nothing to lose. I'm, I'm going to give it a go. So, and like everything to gain. I've, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have you lost friends through like what's happened? And how has your friends and family been with you through having all the media attention? Because you're still getting media attention. It was in the paper. Was it yesterday or the day before? I can't, I've lost track. <laughs> and did they ask you about that? Or like, did you go to them for the No, last they story? do ring me. No, they do ring me. Um... Usually, especially with Hull Live, it's been, um, obviously, they already have pictures of me. They already know my story. So as something has maybe happened or changed, they'll contact me and say, you know, ask how I feel about this. How would, how do I feel about this now? This has happened. How do I feel about that change? You know, what's the plan now? So I just give them a quick update over the phone and, and, and then they, you know, they write something and, I always say yes to the to when the press when they're trying to get in touch because I just wanted to get my voice out there and I wanted to be able to be on the television and you know be on the radio and let people hear the other side of it but obviously a lot of it you just get silenced you're not allowed to say stuff you know it, if it doesn't run to their narrative you they'll quickly change the subject or, or they'll um, all of a sudden have, um, you know, a connection problems. There'll be a bad line or something like that. And, you know, in the beginning, I just used to roll my eyes and think, oh, here we go again, you know, well, let me say this piece and I can't say that. Um, and that's why I wanted you to come on the podcast because it's obviously a free speech, all like all unedited podcasts. Yeah. I'm going to put the two parts into one part. I've been thinking about it because it, you've had quite a lot of experience with the media in a short space of time with papers. Yep. Have you been on the radio? Yep. Was yep. it Mr Burns? I, do you know what? I can't remember. I can't remember who I've been on the radio with. I've been, I've done that many. I've actually done quite a few. And you've been on telly as well, haven't you? You was on telly, was it Friday? You was on TV or Thursday? Yeah, yeah. I've been on TV quite a few times as well. I've been on BBC One. BBC News, um, ITV, Channel 4, Channel 5. I went on <laughs> Jeremy Vine. I How was Jeremy Vine with you? Sky News. Surprisingly, okay. I was expecting, um, I, I was expecting the usual, what you, what I got, you know, and um, I was expecting challenging questions and all the rest of it. I was ready for it, but he was surprisingly okay, um, but he had that Benjamin button on it anyway, and uh, he was What's sat that? there looking, looking like a little canary getting his little pennies worth in. And I just thought, um, you know, I didn't let any of it get to me. He was he was trying his best to, I suppose, throw me off 
course and try and make me feel bad. But I think with Jeremy Vine, I think because they'd started that one, <clears throat> sorry, they'd started that with um, with the, the video of me that went viral on TikTok. So I think Jeremy, he was saying, you know, that he does sympathise. Um, it must be a, you know, it, it, you can see from my video how much I hurt I was and how upset I was. Um, and, you know, he, he was sorry that it's come to this and happened kind of thing, but wishing me luck. So he was OK. It, but this other Benjamin Button that was on there, well, <laughs> I won't say what I think of him. <laughs> <laughs> and have you had any more offers since <clears throat> these oh, Lord. TV? My phone, I mean, my phone doesn't stop, honestly. <clears throat> I knew that. Once this U-turn was going to happen, um, I knew my phone was going to start blowing up again. I knew it because so many of them have um, my contact number now and I've given them permission. You know, I, I don't mind. I don't mind at all. Um, I'm happy to speak out. I just would like to be given more of an opportunity to speak out of the, the real side of it. Yeah, not their narrative of it. I mean... Um, the numbers what they'd given us were all <clears throat> lies and I think that's it's all been a bunch of scare tactics and that's what winds me up so much that they've frightened everybody into you know this and I've, I've never in my life known a vaccination that could you know separate a nation let's see you know it seems to be everybody seems to be battling against each other and and falling out with each other over it. Now, I mean, if somebody had have come to you in the past and have you had a flu jab? No, no. You, you know, you won't, you won't be bothered about sitting next to them on a bus there. You won't think no. that they're going to give you the flu and you're going to get really poorly and die. You know, it never bothered anybody. Nobody gave a toss what vaccines you had or hadn't had. Um, if they've had them and they're protected from it, then great. But with this one... It's just divided everybody, you know, and it's if you haven't had it, you seem to be frowned upon as the um, oh, I don't know. I, I, I try to think what goes through some people's heads, what they really do think of us. Like I say, I've been called a murderer. Um, that's, that's just ridiculous. The, I know. That's just someone who's just a dum dum. I know, and I just thought, well, I, la I laugh at some of the comments. I really do. I just think there's never been a vaccine. This is why I had a I generally don't like to refer to it as a vaccine. I just refer to it as a jab because I've ne never known a vaccine where you have to have so many of them in such a short space of time for it to right. work, but then it doesn't even work. You know, <laughs> you can still catch it. You can still spread it. So what's people the point? People are know? still going to take them. There's yeah. no point. And to be fair, you've got to give them, that's their choice. And if they want to exactly. do that, that is the you've, you've got to respect that. And yep. it seems to me that other people don't, and it's it's strange because, like, you know how the media works, and you've just said yep. yourself that it all goes from one direction. Hence yep. why I wanted to get this podcast going to, like, have everyone on free speech and all unedited. Yeah. But um, it's just it's just one narrative, and even if you question it, you you just call you shut, you shut down. You called right wing now. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And I just people are going along, like along with it, and it's surprising people will just keep taking these like vaccines i don't like to like use the word jab because it just makes us 
humans feel like the ca- like cattle. Well, yeah, but that's what they're treating us like. We do feel like cattle, I think. You know, that's it's as though they're trying to round up as many as they can and get as many of them, you know, handed out as they can. And think, no, you, there's no need. And, and especially, especially not the children. Why on earth? They want to vaccinate the children, and I don't understand. They're not at a risk from it. You know, perhaps some that have uh, immune problems or, you know, things like that, and I understand that some are uh, more vulnerable to things, but they are to a cold and flu as well, and this is nothing worse than that. And I don't believe it should divide everybody in the way it is. You know, it's just... It shouldn't matter to anybody. We should all have freedom of choice. I think the government. Freedom. I think the government's sort of manufactured their narrative in such a way where it's very divisive and it's divided society. It's it's just divided the world. Yeah. What do you think to the truckers? What they're doing at the minute in Canada? You going into that sort of field? It's amazing. They're not just doing it in Canada. They've been doing it yesterday in England. Yeah, I, I mean, is that to show solidarity? I That's think I in support of them, yes. Um, so I know that there is quite a lot. There was a lot. I've seen a lot of videos and stuff where people have been, you know, joining onto that. And it's just nice that um, people are acknowledging it. It's nice to know that other people are aware and 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 don't believe all this scaremongering as well, you know. And it's refreshing in that sense, but in the same sense, it's not getting any media attention, you know. It's not on our mainstream news channels. They won't cover it because, you know, I don't know. They're more afraid that people might suddenly wake up and realise that it has all just been an over exaggerated pack of lies. Well, it doesn't suit their narrative. Um, exactly, exactly. It doesn't suit their narrative, so they won't cover it. Um, uh, I, I sort of can remember what I was going to say now. You saying about the media on one like narrative, there's some people who've only got their information on this from the media, which is understandable because mm-hmm. the media and the government are there to be trusted, mm-hmm. meant to be trusted, obviously. Meant no. to be. Wow. Um, but... Um, so they're not getting their information from anywhere else, because even if they do, they'll be classed as a conspiracy theorist. Don't do this, don't do that. I know Facebook's yep. a minefield anyway. Oh, yes. I'm, I'm not on Facebook. The only reason I'm on Twitter is due to podcasting, because, like, this is my only social media to, like, spread things and get people on. Yeah. But um, it's, it's just so strange that like, people will believe. Um, I'm uh, on like another this. Facebook ban from trying <laughs> to get... Um, you know my word out there, my my story out there, my my beliefs, um, and I'm constantly getting reported for misinformation and and things like that. And I'm thinking, what I'm sharing isn't misinformation; it's actual facts. But they don't want that out there. They, even Facebook are, are, are in on it, you know. And you think it's just ridiculous. It's they're trying to silence everybody who's tried to speak out over any of it because it doesn't fit their narrative. There's so many other 
independent scientific investigations that have gone into these vaccines and stuff and and so many more results are coming back that give me reason even more reason not to you know trust them and none of that gets covered none of that will go into the news they won't share that side of it because they want everybody to to get vaccinated and i just i just think if they'd have it more open sort of discussion on tv about it and be more honest um i don't think we'd be in this situation at all you know but they they have their the way that they want it to go and they want everybody else to be brainwashed and believe everything that they're saying but i for one don't believe a word that comes out of boris johnson's mouth especially not now no especially not now no he's and he's lost all um He's lost all um, credibility. Yes. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, he has. He has. And good. So he should. Well, but then he... when people are saying, get Boris out, get Boris out, and I think, oh, why? Because it's just going to be another puppet that they put there instead. You've got to be very careful. Like, we don't want anyone who will reinstall restrictions because exactly. the rest of the world have still got their passports. Australia's gone potty. New Zealand, New Zealand, New Zealand have gone daft. Um, Canada's yep. going crazy. Um, they've just mandated the vaccine on Austria for over 18s. So, yes, we need to be where we are at the minute. I don't think we're in a bad place. No, I don't. I don't at I the think... moment. I'm hoping we don't end up going as bad as some of those other countries. I mean, I have um, a, a friend of mine, a very close, a good friend of mine who I grew up with. She's in Australia. Um, she moved over there a while back. She's got children. And she's told me that um, they won't even give unvaccinated children an education. You know, if you don't get your children vaccinated, they can't go to school. Crazy. Um, And I was like, what? They can't be doing that. She said, seriously, they are. I said, are they offering them, you know, like remote learning then, you know, um, through the internet somehow are they doing it that way or, or giving them supplies they said no nothing if you don't vaccinate your children as far as they're concerned they don't deserve the edu- education they won't get it and i think it's diabolical and she's absolutely desperate desperate to get back home she wants to get her, her and her children back here in england and and she can't leave you know she feels like she's stuck in a prison albeit a very large nice sunny warm prison but <laughs> Um, she just wants out and, and she can't get here because their country's just, it's, it's gone mad. So we are lucky in that sense, you know, but then are people not, surely people now, the people of England must be realising what an absolute clown Boris and all his little cronies are for doing this, you know, surely they must be thinking, well, you know, it's, things are adding up to them now. Surely, because you know why would why would Boris have have been partying and having his cheese and his wine and what have you if it was so deadly if it was no. so serious would he all of a sudden have just decided right let's stop all restrictions then you know right let's scrap that forget that you turn this change that would he have just done that if it was so deadly and so serious no he wouldn't of course he and wouldn't it, have done no. not a chance. That he's done that to try and save his own skin, to try and get some more people on board supporting him, I think, so that he can 
stay in his position. Um, but uh, people just need to wake up and just not not trust the man. No, not trust true. any of them anyway. Not any of them. I don't, I don't trust the government one bit. Not but like bit. as you say, we need to be careful who we get in. So before we go, because it's been, I think it's been about an hour now, hasn't it? Um, oh, yeah. Sorry. It's, it's gone quick. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> Um, what's the plans for the future? I'd like know you've got your truck in. Um, have you got any more TV media appearances coming up? Yeah, I think um, I do have another. I think it was BBC Radio Four one day in the week, and uh, Sky News, I believe. I think are getting in touch with me on Monday about doing something later in the week as well. So there is some more bits and pieces that will be coming up, yeah. Um, I'm not Brilliant sure stuff. what the narrative of that will be, but we'll see. We'll see. Well, you can share this podcast wherever you are, please, if you can. And anyone is welcome to come on the podcast to talk about anything they want to talk about, because it's uh, free speech and all unedited. So That's what you want. That's how it should be. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've had quite a few people from Hull, to be fair. I think you're the third one. Oh, am I? So, yeah, I've had Julie Preston in, he was Mistress Dietra, yeah. he's a mistress, and I've also, I also had Melissa Reed on, the Bird trans, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and I was very afraid to meet her, but she, <laughs> she was sound, she's not as correct, well, she wasn't as crazy, bless her, as um, sort of, she was in person, which made me very good, but yeah, she's, um, <laughs> she said she could have sold a soul to win that cash but it's all in the podcast <laughs> uh, well yeah and like that was a very early podcast i think it was 2018 or at least beginning the two no oh, it, was it it was 2000 or it could have been 2019 but yeah wow, so, back then, into it. yeah but bless her she was a nice woman so there you go <laughs> <laughs> i've met a lot of nice people through this to be fair i mean all, all the you know journalists and things have been lovely to my face. <laughs> well, there will be. And yeah, then, like, the print lovely to never... my face, and then... That's it. Well, thanks yeah. again for, like, coming on. You're more than welcome to come on. It doesn't have to be about care, and it could be about how you're getting on with, the, like, your truck in. Oh, lovely. I will do then. Thank you. I'll yeah, you keep just you posted with how it's going. Brilliant stuff. Right, you take care. And you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Me. Nice to talk to you. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. The Tin Biscuit Podcast.